Make sure to check out our Facebook and website for the updates on Colorado Festival of Horror, September 15th through the 17th. So he's going to be caffeinated in the evening. No, not really. Kofo Live and Undead. I am your host, Daniel Crozier, and I am joined by the amazing Kirk Thatcher. Tactical glitches. How you're are not, you, Kirk? You're not going to throw a Pepto Bismol on my face, are you? <laughs> uh, no, but if I was able to, well, that'd be quite the feat over online. <laughs> you could do it. Yeah, I mean, most of the blood in movies now is digitally added later, so they don't have wardrobe changes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll do that in post-production. <laughs> oh. in post. Yeah. Uh, well, that Kirk was a rather animated and excited opening. Yes, we try. You push yeah, me back into the blur. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, we, we we're not losing you now. Now you're crisp. It's like you're in six K. Crisp and clear. I yeah. paid for those K. I I paid for all those K. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kirk, there's two there's two Ks in my name, so already we're starting an IDEF. Oh, there you are. That's it's a thinker. Uh, it's a thinker, Dan. You'll get it later. Yeah, it's 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 slow. I, clearly, yeah, yeah, it's going to take me a while to to wrap my head around it. Uh, <laughs> Kirk, thanks so much for for joining us. I, I've been wanting to talk to you for such a long time, and uh, it's 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 an absolute privilege. You and the FBI. <laughs> uh oh, dear. Uh, are we going to have to put you into a pr uh, protective custody? Well, yeah, I hide out from them in uh, tiki bars. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, what an amazing shirt you got on. Yeah. It's by, I was just at Tiki Oasis, cheap free plug for them, uh, which is an amazing tiki festival. I said it's a, it's a, it's a drinking party with a tiki problem. Um, and uh, I got this great, great kind of haunted colors and it's got little skulls and I don't know, oh, nice. tiki, scary tiki men from an artist or a, yeah, named Mick Biff. Nice. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love these colors. And I was going to wear a hat with it, but the the old yeah. cans got in the way. Yeah. I yeah, Well, I know I know that feeling. Got the earplugs, too. But, yeah. 
So, Jesse, I want your viewers to know that because of the strike, I can only talk about my clothing. We we agree agree that yep. this is really what I'm wearing, the clothing and items in my background. So, hope yeah, you guys the, enjoy that. The the blurry items, you know, mine are at least you know have some definition and detail. <laughs> the sags, the sag and WGA rules are very strict. <laughs> Right. I can only talk about blurry things yeah. besides besides my my foggy constitution after being at the Tiki Oasis. Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah, Kirk. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, following your your career. Uh, yeah, oh, ever I'm since. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, ever since uh, I found out uh, you know, your work in the Muppets, and then like almost ten years ago. Caught up with uh, yeah, Jim Henson's Creature Challenge, and you were oh uh, right, you were one of the uh, um, judges. judges on I was that. The, I was the pretty one. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. It's it, yeah, that that beard and and uh, you know the hat. Well, I was is, the prettiest. Distinct. I was the prettiest man. I mean, you know, I, I don't yeah. want to piss Brian off, but I mean, Gigi <laughs> and Beth. I don't know who's prettier between those two, but in terms of bearded men with long hair, I was the prettiest. Yeah. Oh man, that that was an amazing show. After you know coming off of like watching shows like Face Off and leading yeah. into that, was, that was for me that was so much more engaging. It, it was a blast to work on. I said it was the it was the best money I ever made. They I basically walked onto a set like, and they were very um, secretive about what we we're going to see. Like they literally had a wall up. Like if they had the creature stuff, you know, out to go on stage, they had a wall up in front of it. So we could, we walked on, we got like headset, mic check, whatever makeup we need to get done. And then the show started and it was pretty much what you see with edit, you know, chunks taken out to like, you know, yeah. cover anything. But uh, so we were there for like, you know, two, three hours just watching everything. And then we got lunch and went home and, you know, it got a nice little check for that. It was great. And, you know, the, those, those uh, contestants killed themselves and they were such... Wow. I, I, it was such a joy to do because, you know, you sit there and just watch this amazing work. The funniest thing was they kept telling me, well, say something bad about it. I'm like, well, there's nothing bad about it. This guy built this in two days or this gal made this, you know, in the, the, whatever, 12 hours. Uh, and they said, well, say what you would have done differently. I'm like, they just wanted, I was so over, overly enthusiastic about, cause that's just my personality. I'm, kind of amazed but anybody can get anything done so they would be like <laughs> not, not not to be a jerk but actually uh watching face off glenn hetrick mm, yeah. really nailed it he's the you know you know glenn is and uh i met him and i thought i'd never met the man i knew who he was i never met him and i just thought he was kind of a, a dour guy you know he's always like right. well well daniel i see what you did i think um you know your shirt was interesting going with black i I don't know if I would. And yeah. And the count was sort of an obvious choice. And, you know, I was like, God, this guy's a hard. And I meet him like this, this lovely, nice guy. It was, I was like, man, you nailed that kind of like, well, here's the thing I'm thinking, but I'm not right. going to give any inclination that I'm impressed until the end. I sucked at that. In fact, it was so bad at it. They ran a poll. Who's the easiest judge to, uh, to, to read? Impress? Kirk. <laughs> Like, yeah, I think Gigi was harder to read than me. I was like, oh, that's amazing. I was like, that was funny. But but I obviously love doing the show. I wish we got to yeah. do a second season. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, I, I was a little heartbroken, uh, you know, when, when it didn't get renewed. But but that was the magic, you know, first season. I mean, that I guess that's the nature of television, too. Yeah. Well, there's a good question somebody just asked online about Frank and... 
Yeah. The, uh, Frankenfurter style. Yeah. I was. I helped create that bit and the Frankenfurter puppet. And I love that bit. That was one of my favorite bits. Little sketches on the cat Cora was a cook cooking with a uh, cat Cora. And uh, we had a Muppet chef and um, he, <laughs> he worked with cat uh, done by Tyler Bunch. And um, yeah, it was a really fun show, but there was a Franken uh, for what was it called? Franken weenie sketch. I forget. I guess it was <laughs> Franken. Yeah. Frankenstein weenie, whatever. Uh, yes. I was big, really involved in that and getting the set and, and kind of really making, having fun with it. Man, that's, that's cool. That's yeah, puppets uh, and horror. Yeah, exactly. Well, in, you know, you know, one of the, the go-tos too is uh, you directed uh, uh, the Muppets uh, Haunted Mansion. Yes, that was a blast. I mean, I um, I think in the mid-90s, Jim Lewis and I wrote a Muppet Halloween special, which was going to st start as a special and then it grew into a movie. <laughs> and then they didn't do it. And so it turned to the video game Muppet Monster Mayhem or something. Oh, no kidding. Was, yeah, it was. Wow. And essentially, it was the premise of the movie was the Muppets go to Transylvania. Bunsen Honeydew's uncle has passed away. And uh, they go to Transylvania to um, basically so Bunsen can be there for the reading of the will and all that. And nice. At, and they stay the night. And there's a we had a butler character named Surly. And he goes, I'm Surly. And they're like, you certainly are. And he was kind of dour. <laughs> it was going to be a great human guy, you know, like a Tim Curry or a, right. I don't know, with a lot of people we wanted to, you know, they could play it. And uh, one by one, they disappear, and then monster versions or their version of kind of classic monsters, which the they did in the game. Kermit was uh, Frankenstein. Piggy was the bride of Frankenstein. Uh, Gonzo was one of my favorite gags, was Nosferatu, the vampire of sweat, so we wanted to stick his nose in your armpit. <laughs> it was very creepy. Rizzo was, was basically uh, Quasimodo. Clifford was the creature from the African-American Lagoon. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, you could make those jokes back then. Uh, mm. Fozzie was a werebear. So it was really fun and yeah. silly. And then, so that didn't get made. And then we wrote like a Ghostbusters, the Muppets in the Afterlife, trying to get back to the living. Kind of, sort of Ooh. a Beetlejuice uh, kind of vibe. Nice. Uh, Ghostbusters thing. And that was a, a feature film. And then we wrote, so I think I'd written three different versions. We wrote another TV special about, about the Muppets in New York doing a Broadway play and the Muppet monsters got upset because they were never included. Oh. Uh, it was uncle deadly and a bunch of Muppet monsters like big mean Carl and that, and they wanted to be a part of the play. So it just been trying to get, I just like, like Halloween is, you know, there's what, like eight Muppet Christmas things and no Halloween ones. And I'm, it's, it's the second biggest holiday in, in America in terms of dollars spent. Uh, people love it. Kids love it. Adults love it. It's just, why are we, why have we not done this? And so, uh, you know, the Muppets have been at Disney since 2004. Yeah. And I pitched to the new man. They changed management about four or five years ago. And the new managers, I said, Muppets and monsters and Halloween, let's do something. So mm -hmm. a couple of years into their new reign, they said, hey, what do you think about a Muppet uh, Haunted Mansion mashup? I'm like, that's perfect because I'm a huge fan of the Haunted. I can sing yeah. the Haunted Mansion song. I can hum the themes. I could. I pretty much can do most of the narration. Welcome, nice. foolish mortals. I'm your host. So loved it. And so that was a blast. So I co-wrote it and directed it. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of time and money. This is, okay, this is me tooting at least our horn is the Muppet Haunted Match movie, or the Haunted Match movie that's out right now. Yeah. With um, 
you know, Owen Wilson and all that cost $150 million. We did it for seven. Nice. We did it for about eight. <laughs> oh, and wow. Three, three musical numbers with over a hundred Muppets and ghosts. And, you know, well, we had ghosts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I think oh for gosh. considering dollars spent, we produced a superior product. Oh, wow. That's, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it, when it came out uh, last year, uh, Elise and I were really, yeah. Yeah. Entranced two, two, with it. Two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah, oh man. My last, they run it every year. I think it's on there all the time. Yeah. Last year was uh, Werewolf by Night, which we can't talk about. My, no, no. My work uh, on that because of the strike striking out. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. The the Muppets. Yeah. Haunted Mansion was just so uh, so fun and seeing all yeah all the the celebrity uh, you know uh, cameos. Cameos. In yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, God, they, they have to well, love just working with the, the Muppets, you know, being there. And, they uh, do. That's pretty much, we get them because they're not paid very much. They're not given right. star salaries. But also, they were all shot in like two days. I think Will Arnett was two days. Um, Taraji wow. was there two days. Uh, everyone else was one day. So uh, what's funny about Will Arnett is at the end of the day after directing and kind of speaking in a loud voice, I my voice becomes Will Arnett's voice. I, yeah. yeah, it was funny. the the end of the The end of the first day, you know, and we're cramming like song numbers and all this stuff in with him. Uh, right. Very full shoot days, and uh, he said, "Hey, man, you know." I said, "You know, I just you check in with your actors to see how they did, and if there's anything they didn't like or wanted to different right. things." Like, "Hey, man, uh, I noticed this kind of a chaos in there. Like, everyone's telling you what they should, what you should do, and." <laughs> you know how to how to do this i'm like yeah i know it's a bit of a democracy it's he goes yeah you can't can't let that happen i said well it's sort of been established before i was there <laughs> i said you know i said it's even worse as a writer as a director at least at some point you're like okay this is what we're doing and they have to mm -hmm. shut up and do it yeah um, not that i run a set like that but um they uh he's like all right well you know I'm, I'm i'm not saying this to knock you down i'm just saying this as a fellow director you gotta kind of run the show i'm like no i i'm well aware of it and thank you for noticing i feel like <laughs> i feel like i've been seeing well the muppets are kind of controlled chaos above yep. above above the frame line and below right and uh i kind of love it i i uh i sort of like controlling you know herding cats as it were and and, and i i I mean, the thing that came from Jim Henson way before I was involved was this collaborative energy. You know, it's not like shut up and say your lines. It's like, well, this is yeah. what I want to do. And 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 we had a lot of restrictions because we basically shot 90% of that against just one big TV screen, as I called it. It was a virtual wall. Wow. So it was okay. like 10 foot by 20 foot screen. And all most of our backgrounds were digital. They were made in Unreal Engine by my art director, production designer, I should say, uh, Darcy Prevost. Mm -hmm. amazing job uh basically working with a bunch of um computer artists to essentially build 90 percent of the haunted mansion in a computer and so you could actually walk you know like with a joystick if you wanted to through the yeah. ha our haunted mansion which was a muppetized version of it i mean we went down so darcy my uh production designer is as big a mansion fan if not bigger than i am and she got down into the deep like she was literally doing we did, she did a Muppet version of the Haunted Mansion wallpaper with like stylized gonzos. Yeah. I mean, we did deep, deep wow. cuts. All the, if you, if you watch that thing in freeze frame, like yeah. the, so many little moments that, you know, are amazing in the Haunted Mansion that artists made, we did a Muppet version of, which was half of the fun for she and I and uh, our, our prop builders and everything. 
Um, And and again, uh, out of the crew, she and I were the huge Mansion fans who would just kind of riff off each other. Oh my God, we should do this. We should do that. And um, uh, so it was really fun. And again, there's three rides at Disneyland that affected my taste, my childhood. Mansion, number one. Pirates, number two. Tiki Room, number three. And it's sort of literally... Yeah, I mean, it's there was so deeply ingrained into my artistic sensibilities and spirit, and I mean, you know, along with a million other people. I mean, that's <laughs> uh, and that was fun too. That we kind of right. got the mansion fans and the Muppet fans together, which is a pretty pretty crossed over Venn diagram anyway. But right. having having something that the 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 mansion fans were like, oh my god, you did this and that, down to even the. Um, your attention, please. The, please, please inside. And I, that was me when we were writing. I said, oh, my God, we have to stop in the middle of this musical number because it's in the ballroom yeah. where every time I've had it stop, yeah. it's it's almost been there. I said, we have to stop. <laughs> Just have everyone for, you know, basically stop and look around and hear this. So I got that was my one little cameo. I got to do the uh, your attention, please. Please stay in your doom buggy until the ride resumes, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so oh, I, uh, I loved, I loved, I love, love, love doing that project. I want to, I want to do more of that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that, man, that sounds uh, amazing. Um, you know, we got another, uh, another yeah. question. Uh, do you think that there's a chance for Muppets Wizard of Oz to be added I, on Disney Plus? I know other people have asked me. I have no control over that. I, I haven't been told. Um, I know, I think it's still available on DVD, like through Amazon, I think. Um, but I, yeah, I have no, no knowledge of why it's not on there and if it will be on there. I know uh, it's a rights thing. You know, mm-hmm. they have to pay, they have to pay people. Disney hates paying people. In fact, there's a mm-hmm. strike going on about that right now. I know. Um, so I know, to be honest, that's, that was a little poke the bear moment. Right, <laughs> um, right. But I, I don't, I don't know why I wish it were. Um, it's not my favorite of my pieces. I think Haunted Match is probably my favorite, but um, it's a fun thing. I, I love a lot of it. Nice. No, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no. Yeah. Well, uh, well, going back to Haunted Mansion, I think uh, was it uh, you and, and uh, was it Darcy uh, won uh, Emmys for like best art direction? Uh, our Darcy one. I did not win. Okay. I was, I, she, you know, totally deserved the credit. She and I just would brainstorm, and I designed a couple puppets for it. I think I designed how Fozzie would look as the. I mean, puppet design is how I started with the Muppets. So yeah, I did some artwork of uh, what Fozzie would look like as the Hatbox goes. I designed the plant monster. Um, uh, might be another thing in there. I, I did some design work on, but it all goes to Darcy. She had a blast, and you know, she and I just got excited, and she would go, Look at this, that's amazing! You know, I mean, literally, it was like no notes, just go have fun. And she would, you know, she doubled down on everything, and like more than you could even, you know, you're like, That's amazing, and even more than I expected. And then we had, you know, not to not to give short shrift to the computer artists who then took mm-hmm. her drawings and and took our notes of like color ke- schemes and all that and and did uh, amazing work. Um, yeah, we we had a, a wonderful little company that did our. Uh, it's called AR Wall is the name of the company. At least that's what it was called when we did it, and that was kind of what we used the, um, you know, uh, giant TV screen with a live. Uh, link to the camera so whenever you cool. move the camera the background would move accordingly so yeah oh wow that um you know kind of switching gears uh you know yes. kind of going over to netflix yeah uh, the 2024 election i think 
Oh, that's you know that's not the viewers you want to switch. Yeah, if that's going to be televised on Netflix, we're screwed. Um, but uh, yeah, going over to like Netflix and and uh, you know working on uh, the curious uh, creations, creations of uh, yeah. you know, Christine McConnell. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is amazing! That was a blast. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, it's still produced within you know. Well, obviously you've got the reins on that. And, uh, yeah, so with Christine. Yeah, what happened was the Henson Company had found her through agents and all that, and they'd done a little test pilot to see, you know, what, what a rough idea of what it'd be like. And then they came to me and they said, "We need like a showrunner, or director who knows this world and can work with Christine." Yeah. So I met with Christine, who's lovely and obviously an amazing talent. And so they kind of had an idea about the show. So I kind of took that and made it a show show. And she and I collaborated on what the main characters were. And then I just went off with uh, one friend essentially and wrote all the episodes. I think I wrote four of the six and, uh, and then directed all of them, which was uh, great. And, you know, we did, again, we did that thing. And Darcy was my production designer in that. And that was the first. Oh, cool. She was on, it's funny, because we've talked about everything. She was originally on as, I think, art director on um, uh, Creature Shop Challenge. So she helped build all oh. those sets and do all the work to build the sets that we shot, you know, the creature nice. segments in. And then uh, I thought she did such great work. And when I met with her for um, Christine McConnell, and she and Christine hit it off. They've become really good friends. Cool. And so that's where we started, and she did she literally did that show for a dollar so again you know darcy gets all this praise for that show looked great and christine was great and super fun to work with um <clears throat> she almost killed herself working on that just she Ooh. would she would work like 22 hours making the stuff and make sure it looked yeah. perfect because she's a perfectionist if you see her stuff yep um and <laughs> i remember darcy would be like christine you need to sleep you need to eat um and uh, what's even funnier to me is Christine thinks she looks, you know, I mean, a lot of women don't think they look their best. And we're like, you look amazing. Yeah. You look like look like a robot, perfect wife, you know. And, and she's like, no, I'm terrible. And we're like, okay, no. You Very statuesque. Yeah, she's beautiful. And she's Tommy. Yeah. She's everything what most women, you know, or what, you know, I, I'd say our culture thinks, you know, she's six feet tall and wears heels. Yeah. So I got along with great. She has a dark quirky sense of humor like yep. i do you, obviously if you've seen her stuff so that was fun it was incredibly stressful just because the amount of time mm. and again we we did that show for a dollar but man we were all in we were all in it we loved her we loved the idea we so wanted a second season and netflix i think thought they were getting a cooking show which if you ah. know cooking the budgets are like 150 grand you know there's just yeah. nothing and we pulled that out for about you know a little over twice that but I think wow. when we came back, their first question was, can you do it for less money? And we're like, we did it for no money already. Yeah. You know, they have three, three full creature, hints and creature shop creatures. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and deck set decoration and a giant house and all that. And so I, I, I that was, and you know, we wrote, we wrote those scripts. We shot that entire show, I think in 15 days. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Six, off, six, 20 minutes, 20, 25 wow. minutes. So yeah. We were cranked on that thing. Oh, um, man. Yeah. But it was, um, we had a great crew. Again, kind of a bare bones budget, but I'm super proud of that show. And I, I wish, I've been trying to sell, it's really hard to sell original ideas right now. In fact, I've just been pitching to 
various places I know. And everyone's like, do you have any IP that, you know, do you have a children's yeah. book that you own the rights to? I'm like, no. Uh, do you want to, do you want to make another Batman thing? No, I want, I want two original stuff. I mean, geez. Christine, Christine was the IP on that, obviously. And yeah. you know, all the stuff she had done. But uh, yeah, I, I just love making up new worlds and new characters. And, and those characters were so fun. And the, the puppeteers mm -hmm. was like my dream team. I mean, Drew Massey and uh, Mike Ustrom. Where Drew was uh, Edgar, the uh, werewolf, it was just that kind yeah. of dry voice. Yeah. And then Mar Margana Ignis was in the costume, in the in the suit. Okay. She's amazing. She's an amazing performer and a lovely person. These are all friends of mine that I've worked with for yeah. years. Actually, Morgana, I'd never worked with before. I'd known her because she's always oh. uh, she was always doing uh, modeling uh, monster makeups and costume work at. Oh, uh, cool. There's this big big monster maker show in L.A. called. Um, monster palooza yeah and so I she know was one. she was That's always so cool. there dressed as mummies and vampires and they put this amazing makeup on her and she was just always getting into character and she's a great actress nice. and uh anyway so i got to work with her and um yeah it's just a great cast the puppeteers and they would do these amazing ad-libs wow and then colleen uh who's a who's an actress who's a hilarious on-camera actress um, she uh, did Rose, the crazy effed up raccoon, who was just, again, all three of them, they would just ad lib, you know, we'd write these scripts and work on them and then they would just take it to the next level. So I just, that was fun. I, I just want to make more with those three characters. If I could, if I could just take them. Yeah. Do, yeah. And, and that yeah. was fun. No. Yeah, it seemed like, uh, you know, the, the first season, you were just kind of introducing everybody, getting every, yeah, kind of easing into who these characters yeah. were by the end of it. They seemed way better fleshed out, and and you know there's that connect uh, connectivity between all three of them. Um, yeah, I and mean, the scenes where they're sitting at the kitchen table and just riffing on yeah. her, and, and then she talks to camera. That was one of the things I really wanted to do is have her talk to camera, and they just think she's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like you know, <laughs> I mean, I think Rankle's like, oh, the poor girl, she's obviously deluded, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Rose, the rest, like, who's she talking to? <laughs> I, I just. I just because cooking shows are always talking to camera like, well, she lives in this house right. with these, you know, deranged creatures. Uh, they should think that she's the crazy one. So, yeah. And, and, and why not? Why not have her have a little little bit of. Right. That, uh, well, that's very much I mean, the, the human. The Muppets are always. Yeah. yeah. The Muppets are always very meta and, and you know, yeah. breaking the fourth wall. So, you know, again, that's why I love that company and, and, and that the, what, you know, Jim Henson's sense of humor. He and I clicked when we worked together and. Jerry Jewell, who wrote for the Muppets, who kind of, you know, mentored me into writing. Uh, we wrote Muppet Treasure Island together, and he was just nice. great. And they, they just really enjoyed that silliness and that kind of, this isn't reality, folks, you know, and, and, and that show. And Christine was so on board. She she had said she wanted to go to the Muppets, I think. They said, do you want to do a show? She goes, I'd like to do it. Not the Muppets, sorry. I should say the Henson Company. The Muppets at that point right. were owned by Disney. Um. And so she was happy, you know, that, that they were doing it. And she got the Creature Shop Creatures, which <laughs> we did really fast. Oh, man. that That's cool. Uh, got another question. Uh, you mm. know, same uh, same individual. Uh, who filled in for Colleen Smith on uh, ah, Rose while she Tim, and her human character are yeah, our, in the same shot? Our amazing puppeteer and our puppet captain, Tim Lagasse, Timothy Lagasse, um, L-A-G-A-S-S-E. You can find him online. He, uh, <laughs> that guy killed himself. He was maintaining the puppets 
doing the right hands, doing uh, uh, Rose when Colleen was being uh, the, the evil uh, sister, uh, cousin, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Tim Lagasse was the unsung hero. Um, he also did uh, uh, Bernard, the, uh, the basement beast, which is basically just a pair of eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, oh, he did the nice. tentacle in the refrigerator. Uh, but Tim was our, you know, chief cook and bottle washer, just filled in for all the puppeteers and then kept the puppets in shape. He was incredibly overworked. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And then he did, he would do if, yeah, he would do Rose when Colleen was on camera and did a great job. And then Colleen would loop it. The, Mupp the Muppets now and the Henson Company have a tradition of like if Frank Oz is doing Piggy and Fozzie, mm -hmm. then... Yep they would whoever has the least amount of lines that character would be performed by another puppeteer and then he would loop it later okay. or you know play him in the close-up if it's a wide shot and you would usually it's like if it's a wide shot and you got both of them then in fact they're pretty amazing and this is a muppet thing they're pretty amazing at throwing their voices like if if frank's doing piggy and someone's doing fozzy and they kind of rehearse it a couple times the puppeteer doing fozzy will be like you know let's say it's you know my voice going like mm -hmm. Hey Kermit, you know that sounds like a good idea. They would actually mime it, and Frank would do the voice because you're not seeing him. So, he, so right. Frank would be holding Piggy and doing Fozzie's voice, lip syncing live with Fozzie. Oh. And all, all the guys have done that. I mean, all yeah. down the line, they're good at that. But it's pretty amazing when it happens. You're like, oh my god, nice. Oh man, yeah. it sounds like just yeah, in in camera magic. Yeah, but that was a good question. People are kind of blown away uh, when you see that. But yeah, Tim Lagasse gets a big shout out for me and making that show work so smoothly. Because again, yeah. we're bare bones. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it sounds like yeah, everybody needs to to be yeah pretty flexible on on um, on, on a show like that uh, to wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. Again, the smaller the budget, the more you have to do, which in some ways yeah. is fun. It's more like back in my rock video days, uh, you know, where you, I was production designer and props and playing characters and stuff. You're just kind of doing whatever needs to be yeah. done. Um, and the, again, these smaller budget puppet things very often, everybody does a couple things. I, I think everyone wore three hats on that show. Yeah. 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 Kind of, you know, going uh, way further back, uh, yeah, to the days of uh, like Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, on something like that, you know, uh, were you uh, just specifically you know, doing uh, puppeteer? But no creatures. I was building creatures. creatures. Yeah, nice. I, I, I was hired to the creature shop, and for about a year, we built all those creatures. We did everything in nice. in Marin County except for Jabba, Bib Fortuna, mm. and the Ewoks. So Stuart Freeborn did, and Yoda, I guess. So Jabba, Yoda, who had already existed. Bib Fortuna and the Ewoks, and then we did everything yeah. else um, in uh, Marin County. So I started like February, March of uh, 81, 1981, and we shipped okay. right around Christmas or either just before or just after Christmas. Wow. So we had about nine or 10 months to build something like 45 creatures or something. It was crazy. Man, with a, you know, with, with that amount of, you know, like creatures, like how many guys are you working with in the shop? Is it just <laughs> yeah. like, it sounds like an army, but. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't. There was uh well, full time was Phil Tippett, Dave mm -hmm. Carson, Wesley Seeds, Evan Stromquist, Stuart Ziff, myself, Randy Dutra. Um, let's see, Judy Elkins. Dan Howard, Jeannie Lorenz. So there was about 12. I'm, I'm forgetting a couple. There was about, I was going to say 12, 13 of us. 
and everyone had different you know skill sets i was molding casting and painting so yeah. i would help mold the things and then cast them and then i set up the whole i was basically ran the paint shop that was the only the thing i did that was 100 percent me was set up and run the paint shop and paint most of the creatures phil would do nice. it like on akbar Wow. Where there's like nine, there's a the, one of the pictures that I signed for autographs is me with like eight Akbar heads or Mon Calamari, mm -hmm. I should say, Mon Calamari heads behind me. So Phil painted uh, the Admiral himself, and then I would I would take that paint job and do variations on it for background uh, Mon Calamari, and um, yeah, sometimes they would just give me the maquette, the little you know sculpt that was painted, and I would just match that. Cool. Because um, we usually had to do a couple of each creature, not all of them. Yeah. 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 Depending on the different things that, uh, you know, they had going on. Like the stunt heads. Uses. Yeah. Like yeah. the skiff the skiff guards, we had two or three, or I think two of yeah. those each, just in case they were screwed up. But like Droopy McCool and Sice Noodles, they were just one-offs. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. God, that, that's so cool. From, uh, you know, going from that project, did you just transition right into uh, Gremlins with Joe Dante? Uh, pretty much. I, I did a little bit of work on, uh, let's see, it was on Poltergeist, Star Trek 2 and 3. Oh, Because right. I was at ILM. And then yeah. I went on to Gremlins with Chris Wayless, who was going to be in the creature shop at, on, mm. on Jedi. And he had done all the stuff on Dragon Slayer and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, and then he went off and started his own nice. shop. So he and I were pals. And uh, he got gremlins, and so I, I, and I was done kind of at ILM. They didn't have a big creature job that year, so I went over mm. and worked and helped help set up the, the gremlin mold paint shop. Uh, I, I designed their paint job. I painted all their eyes, uh, and then did puppeteering down in LA. So that was fun. That was a, a crazy, crazy project. Um, uh, yeah, I have some good memories from that. It was <laughs> we we made an army of gremlins for not a lot of money <laughs> wow it, it it's yeah it seems like you know so many of these projects it's just by the skin of your teeth you know both with personnel here's, and finance here's the thing uh i think you're inventing something no one had ever made a gremlin before no one had ever done right. a movie with a hundred different creatures all yeah. doing different gags we had specific ones like the plate thrower and the you yep. know the uh the flasher they all were kind of made to do specific things and then we just had generic you know puppet gremlins with usually two without we were you know below camera with two on our hands trying to not do you know match them so it looks like two different creatures um so it's always kind of by the skin of your teeth because it's not like oh you know give me a, the 50 number twos you know you're just right. inventing this um which was also the fun of it i, I was giving yeah. a, a talk about just kind of creativity and in, in, in being a creative entity and 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 worker in a corporate kind of environment where you know it's not about the art it's about mm -hmm. can you get it done on time and on budget so that's right. always there i know everything <laughs> everything i work on tends to be like we don't have a lot. i mean that, that's the joke every time you start a project well we don't have a lot of money on this oh really right and yeah. then you hear <laughs> about like well like gremlins one between gremlins two now gremlins two is done by rick baker mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah. But I think his budget, and also he had to make, I think, 100 different gremlins. We were just cranking out basically the same same sculpt, same mold, different, maybe a little different paint job where we added, you know, hair for Spike. I think Rick right. made something like 80 or something different gremlins <sighs> with different personalities. So his budget was 10 times ours, uh, literally 10 times our budget. Uh, but again, he did, you know, 10 times the work. So you're always 
because you were doing it the first time. Yeah. You know, until you're on a TV series where you're making, you know, Spock ears or something where it's like, okay, we know, we know that. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes a factory job, which nobody wants that. At least nobody goes in the entertainment business wants a factory job. Gremlins was, became a factory job. We're just cranking out eyeballs and cranking out gremlins and cranking out the paint job. Um, but again, uh, it's, it's, you know, what does it show in business? And we were the show. And then you've always got the business guys saying, well, yep. this is your budget. And so you make it work. But that, again, that kind of creative uh, bouncing off those walls, whatever they are, those restrictions with Christine and gremlins and all that is part of the fun. It's like, look what we pulled off, you know? Yeah. It's, it's it, well, it's a, yeah. Yeah. To like sum it up, I guess, you know, it'd be like, uh, yeah. Limitations breed innovation. Absolutely. I mean, I have a whole theory about like, if you look at directors and once they get their hit movie and they're and suddenly they're given an unlimited budget, well, not unlimited, but much more larger budgets and, yeah. you know, they get more control over the script. They don't have as many people giving them notes or, you know, kind of more yes men. Then their stuff gets flabby, you know, because yeah. I mean, any director, I can I mean, see you, that. Can, you can go from Spielberg all the way down to Joe Dante to pretty much mm -hmm. anyone, the guys who have some giant hit and suddenly, oh, now they're a genius. Yeah, um, and, and not to say they aren't geniuses, but I, I kind of, I kind of do agree, and I hate it when it happens to me. <laughs> but uh, you know, when you're given restrictions and, and walls to kind of keep you in a, in a, in a bottle, say in a box, yeah, but sort of yeah. bottle it and go. And again, if you're creative, that's where you have to be creative. Right. All right. Here's your budget. Here's your schedule. Here's what you know. Here's what the how do you make those producers yeah. want how do we make that work and then it's yeah. so it's problem solving it's creative problem solving and most problem solving is creative yep. because you're inventing something so that yeah. is the fun that at the core of whether you're making a movie or writing a script or creating a creature for me that's the fun of it i'm prop I'm, I'm inventing something to solve a problem and hopefully having some fun along the way nice I mean, you obviously have to enjoy that yeah yeah uh around the time that uh um, you know, Gremlins Two was was coming out. That was about the the same time that a little bit before then that you got hired on at uh, Jim Henson, right? No, that was afterwards. So if you're going to do a timeline, oh. it would be uh, oh, okay. Jedi, yeah, uh, uh, Poltergeist, a little bit on ET. I painted ET's hands and arms. Oh, cool. Uh, Star Trek Two and Three, Gremlins, yeah. and then uh, uh, Star Trek. Oh, then actually. Rock videos with David Fincher. I did like six rock videos Wait. with David Fincher. We we had a company up in the Bay Area, and then he moved to L.A. Well, we both moved to L.A. I forgot who went down first. I grew up in L.A., so it was just kind of yeah. coming home for me. And then Star Trek Four, And so I didn't meet Jim Henson until, I think, 1986. Okay. It was the year Trek Four uh, came out. Nice. And I met Jim that summer, pretty much right after it had launched, or the, and, or no, I guess that came out in November, so maybe it was the year after. It all blends together. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was '86, maybe '87 that I met Jim and started working with him. So, yeah, I'd been in the business about six, five, six years before I met him. Oh, okay. also in there, I storyboarded. I was originally hired to design the creature for Cat's Eye, and then I storyboarded the whole oh, movie. Nice. Uh, Louis Teague and worked for Dino De Laurentiis. Uh, that's yeah, I had, I had the lot. If you look at my career in the '80s, I did so much on so many things, and then it was basically Muppets through the entire, all Muppets through the '90s. That's yeah, that's a nice little, little transition. But but you know, when you were doing uh, Muppets too, you were transitioning to 
to directing producing right right well i started uh character design so that's where i started with jim and then the last thing he and i worked on was a show called dinosaurs we were just yes. in the design the concept oh. literally so jim the way jim worked which was great if you're an artist because mm -hmm. he wouldn't bring in writers he would bring in the artists and go like here's okay. here's what you know here's what i am let's let's, let's yep. talk about like a sitcom of dinosaurs so I started drawing stuff and we were just riff and I, I we were, we had gone through my second pass of ideating, you know, just coming up yeah. with ideas and drawings and, and just kind of riffing with him when he sadly passed away. I had lunch with him on a Friday. We'd gone over the sketches and had a nice chat. I was, I was in New York. I'd moved back to LA. So I was in New York. I stayed over the weekend. I flew home on Monday, I think Tuesday morning. I got the call. I remember it was, oh. I hadn't been home. I hadn't been home more than 20, less than 24 hours. And it was early in the morning and they said that Jim had passed away. And I'm like, I thought he was yeah. like, I mean, how was it a car accident? Like, yeah. So, uh, so, so it was about, let's see, four and a half years working on Muppety style things. I did the Jim Henson hour. That was the thing that got made. I, I designed stuff that didn't happen uh, in those first few years. And then uh, I went to, I worked at Disney Imagineering for a year. I worked on RoboCop two for about, five months four or five months wow and then Don that i didn't know that's cool yeah. that's pretty cool yeah i uh if you've seen the movie there's a two parts i did the first one is there's a column of liquid with a brain and a spine yep. and eyeballs in it i ah. designed and i designed that and i built half of it and then i broke my hand and i couldn't finish it and oh then no i designed and built the brain we called it the brain box that at the end he pulls out of uh yep. the um what's his name kane and yeah. smashes on the ground. We had to make a a, a, a pulpy smashing brain and a liquid filled, um, like you know, can canister or something that looks has wires on it, so it looks like it. So those are my two little uh, contributions at working at Phil Tippett's shop in the Bay Area, and then I started uh, dinosaurs. So I'd done that. Cool. I'd done Imagineering. I worked in Imagineering on a, a redo of uh, what was America Sings. It was the the Carousel Progress building. It was fun. It was an alien uh, like circus. So each oh little God. section of the pie was going to be an alien circus act. Um, and so they were going to turn the that building into a crash spaceship, which was fun. It was a fun idea. And then we started on dinosaurs. So I was consulting and imagineering on that and then Muppet uh, movie rides. They were going to do a bunch of Muppet stuff. The only thing that came out of it was a 3D movie, which I did a little work on on the Waldo character. The spirit of 3D. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, then dinosaurs happened. So that that was it was kind of like boom, boom, boom. I, it was uh, the 80s were amazing, especially me, you know, ranting a little bit about how, you know, everyone wants IP now, not original ideas. And uh, 80s right. was all original ideas. Like, what's yeah. new? What, what's cool? And now it's like, what do we own? What can we what can we leverage? Oh, we own Barbie. Let's make a Barbie. And again, yeah. sometimes it's great. Barbie, I hear is great. I haven't seen it yet. The Lego movie. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, my God, the Lego right. movie, really? And it was great. So, yeah, you know, if you get really creative people behind it, you can do that. But all these things that they're uh, remaking or rebooting now, you know, the Gremlins animated series, all 90 Robocop, Terminator. It's all stuff that came out of the 80s when yep. studios were chasing the next hot idea, not what's a kid's book or something we can, you know, I think right. Harry, Potter, Harry Potter really launched the uh, what's the young adult novel series we can turn into a... Uh, into a yeah. series. Yes, so many of so much of uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, yesteryear's uh, originals have become the you know the the current 
known IPs. And it's, it's, you know, I know like there were fans of the Game of Thrones books. Right. And, you know, either they loved or hated the, uh, the series, but as a person who's lit, I mean, that's the one thing, again, going back to Jim Henson, he wanted creative people, not people who yeah. could, you know, take, take uh, Kermit and do another version of Kermit, you know, like what's a fun idea. That's not, that was one thing Jim loved the Muppets, but he wanted to do, you know, dark crystal labyrinth yeah. and all the things he was yeah. and dinosaurs. Like yeah. he was always pushing the envelope. He embodied that creative spirit of like, what's new, what's cool, what's fun. What, what can we do next? As opposed to what can we leverage? Yeah. Um, and I miss that. I miss that terribly that, um, that even even the muppets at disney they're like what can we double down on that we already have and, and haunted mansion was a nice mashup so yeah. it, it's not like i said it's not always bad and yeah. i love doing haunted mansion but you know i also want to do a muppet western i wanted i wrote a muppet Ooh. space parody uh, back in the 90s called muppets in space and it was not the movie that came out it was basically a sort of roughly like uh um uh, Galaxy Quest, where Kermit's mistaken. Cool. Kermit, Kermit, and the key Muppets, except for Miss Piggy, go through <laughs> space cadet training, and they're the cleanup. They're literally the janitors on the Enterprise, more or less. <laughs> and uh, and they're considered completely expendable, like the red shirts. And they're they're sent, they're beamed aboard an alien spaceship to see if it's because it's coming towards Earth, mm-hmm. and there's nothing on it. And long story short, they they push a button and they get sent to the other part of the other complete end of the galaxy and because kermit is green and this right size he is the prophesied uh messiah for this entire it's not just a race like an entire uh like a quadrant or something yes of all these different races and so he's the great shazu i think he was called and he was gonna Ah. lead he was gonna (laughs) the lead the the, this flotilla this huge armada of ships to welcome everyone the great welcoming was called but you quick you, the, the payoff the gag was that when these aliens are excited they blow themselves up which to me is classic muppet you know? <laughs> yep and so to them that was i, I explained in fact one of the lines was i explode with joy and then they'd literally explode and so they were going to go well and then again the muppets were like well we want to go back to where we're from like because now that kermit is the great leader and they said what's your yep you know, what do you want to do? He says, Oh, I want to go back to where I come from. This great. We will, we will welcome them with joy. So this entire flotilla is heading towards earth to blow it up. So it was, and they have to figure out how to stop it. And of course it's, you know, it's anyway, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I just, I just want to do, and it was a lot of parody of star Wars and star Trek and aliens and Terminator. That just kind of like a, a very Muppety movie, but really making fun of sci-fi stuff, which again, I love. Yeah, and uh, have worked on so. Yeah, man, that uh, that's cool. Hope, hopefully, uh, yeah, you can see that uh, come to fruition. No, it's never going to get made. No. Ah, well, also, I mean, Seth MacFarlane kind of plundered that territory. As did Galaxy Quest. Uh, I wrote the sure. script before Galaxy Quest existed, or at least it wasn't a made. It wasn't a movie yet. Yeah. So it came out. I'm like, well, that stole the thunder a little bit. And then mm. Seth MacFarlane, you know, ground it <laughs> to a yeah. nubbin with Did all his, uh, which was great. I love those things. Yeah. But so you really couldn't make it now because pretty much most of the things we were, I was making fun of the script were made fun of at some point. But yeah. back in 1996, 97, they hadn't been. Yeah. But again, well, just that genres. I think the Muppets do really well spoofing yeah. a genre, kind of like Monty Python. Yeah, the, one thing I, I do love about the the Muppets is I think they they have like this the you know the, the most expansive 
uh, and storied, uh, you know, pantheon. I, yeah. I don't think like Disney characters have that, like Mickey Mouse and all those guys. I, yeah, I, I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Muppets, Kermit and those guys are so much more versatile and can can tell more personal and edgier stories. Too. Well, Ron, I mean, we started doing it with uh, Muppet uh, Christmas Carol and Muppets uh, Treasure yeah. Island. And that's that's what I love. I mean, I, and I know great. there's fans who, you know, think those are nice, but they really love, you know, our Piggy and Kermit could get married and, and the, the new Muppet movies. Um, where I just think, how many stories can you tell about fake characters with fake problems? Right. To me, they're, I know they're beloved, but the TV series are good for that. But the movies, I think, yeah. should be an event where, like, the Muppets go yeah. West, the Muppets go Hawaiian, the Muppets fight aliens or become aliens or whatever. And that's my opinion. And yeah. no one at Disney seems to care what my opinion is or listen to me. So I just don't work with them anymore. Yeah, I, I'd love to see uh, the Muppets take on uh, Unforgiven. <laughs> I had Jerry Jewel. (laughs) Yeah, Jerry Jewel and I had an idea for a a Muppet Western that we would talk about, and I got excited about doing. And then sadly, he passed away. Yeah. And then they just kind of, the Disney folks just don't want to listen to old Muppet writers. Oh, that's fine. I've moved on. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, Kurt, you know, know, I'm a 56 regular. Well, good. I'll, when you come out to Colorado Festival of Horror, I will have a new uh, you know, Tiki Bar shirt ready. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It, it'll have slashers on it, though. Nice. <laughs> yeah, slasher Slasher Hotel. Is the hotel okay with you calling it that? <laughs> uh, we didn't ask. <laughs> but so far, they've been great working with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no it'll, it'll be a lot of fun having you out here. We'll, uh, you know, we'll be able to, uh, you know, screen like a, um, uh, Muppets ha- Haunted uh, Mansion. So I, I think that'll be great for the kids. Uh, yeah, to be able to see that, and then um, yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah, just just yeah, meet with you and, and talk about uh, more uh, puppeteering and, and creature building, really world building. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of it. People are like, well, what's your favorite thing to do? And, and you always get asked this in meetings with executives, you know, and you're looking for work or they're looking for someone to run their show and it's like i like to do everything i like drawing i like designing the characters like writing the characters like doing their voices like performing them i like acting i like i like writing songs i if i think most creative people have more than one outlet you just get you know you just get famous for that one thing i mean guillermo del toro is an amazing artist yeah you know he's known as director he's also an amazing artist he did makeup and creatures and you know Rick Baker makes amazing little short films like, you know, yeah. uh, Kevin McTurk, who's a good pal of mine, has an amazing Kickstarter right now called, uh, uh, well, he's done these movies, The Haunted Swordsman. The new one's an Icelandic tale, but just amazing puppet short films cool. that are gothic and horror. You guys are horror thing. You should actually, yeah. he'd be a great guest for you because he does these dark horror uh, short films and they're beautifully done. And he gets like Christopher Lloyd to do the voices. Oh. And yeah, look him up. Kevin McTurk. Um, Kevin McTurk. McTurk, nice. you can okay. find him. He's, he's got a Kickstarter that's still going, but you can find his other pieces, uh, short films he's done. But they're like gothic horror puppet films, but they're not Muppets. They're more like classic Boon Raku puppetry and just gorgeous stuff. Um, and, you know, that's that kind of stuff that that I love and I want I, I want to support. Um, and, you know, things like Kickstarter and Face, uh, uh, YouTube have been great. Mm-hmm. to promote people uh, and comedy too. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm going off track. Oh no, that's, 
uh, off track is the only way to go. I don't usually stay on track because my brain, my brain explodes. With, oh yeah, and this and this, I can talk about this. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that's a, that's the thing with the you know like the the creative mind. You know, especially when you're multifaceted, it's like you know ideas beget ideas. Yeah, yeah it's and cre yeah, that it's, spark. It's riffing. It's yes and. You know, that's a yeah. big thing from uh, improv. Is yes and, and I, I kind of yeah. live live by that. Oh. That's that's fantastic. What's the Colorado horror scene like, or the Denver one in particular? Is there a big uh, is there a big community, or it's it's a huge community. Uh, it's something that uh, yeah, typically we're not really known for, but we, we are the largest yeah. uh, haunt community in uh, in the country. We've really? got more more haunts per you know per right per capita. Of, yeah, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, so we've, good. we've got the, the number one haunt in the, in the, the U.S. Which uh, one is terror that? In the, uh, terror in the Corn. It's, oh, uh, wow. It's two square miles of a uh, you know, corn maze cut out. And you, wow. you go, you, you're, you're traveling in there and the way they, they do the set design, you, you don't know if you're inside or you're outside until if you go on a nice clear night where the stars are right. out. That's how you know. Wow! Is you can see the stars and the moon kind of Amazing. shine through, but it's it's just it's absolutely brilliant. I'm one of those suckers that I'm terrible to take uh, to uh, a haunted house because I look at the details. And stuff. Yeah, oh, I, this is cool. This is, I love yeah. what you did. And yes. the actors are chasing after me with the chainsaw. It's like don't don't even bother with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm like, wow, nice. Look at makeup, man. Wait, you know, way to do a jump scare. Yeah, uh, actually, I actually have a, a a friend of mine, uh, Adam Doherty, Creature Kid, has a shop in in Denver or in Colorado. We're good I think friends. He's in yeah, yeah, I was saying Adam should be a guest because he makes great stuff. I'm a big fan of his work. Oh, um, he's he's great. Uh, I think he's working on a short film with uh, Daniel Robach. Yes. And, yep. 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 Yeah, and, and uh, he just got signed on to do a couple more feature films. Uh, he, uh, I think his first. He was film, out in Portland. Uh, I just saw. Yes, Onyx, the what is it, the impressive, the or fortuitous, something. the fortuitous. Yes, I think yeah. they wrapped that. I just saw him out in Portland, he was doing pickups on something, Sweet. and I was up there seeing friends. And uh, yeah, Adam's great. So, you do have a little creature making community there, yeah. We, we definitely do. Um, uh, my girlfriend and I are working on a uh, animatronic uh, puppeted uh, uh, feature called uh, When Bake Things Attack. Nice. So, is, went baked so we, like like cookies baked yep yeah, uh uh cupcakes yeah killer oh, cupcakes we okay so i don't think this has ever been shown except at the live shows so at the muppets of the hollywood bowl and i think we showed at the o2 i wrote and directed a short to, we show as an interstitial you have the puppeteer's arms arrest it was called um the uh the walking bread nice. and it was the swedish chef Yep. And he's all geared out with a gun and, and you know, a skillet and all this. And he goes into, you know, a cobwebby, dusty, looks like a storage facility. And there's all these uh, baked goods that come alive like Muppet food does. Yep. But so he made Muppet zombie cupcakes and bread and all this. Yep. And they're going, grains, grains. <laughs> yes. he's, he's, he's killing. It was really fun. And it was a short that I wish they would show, but they kind of saved it. I don't know if you can see it online now, but um, mm. it was done specifically for the live shows as kind of a special. Oh, but uh, yeah, I love that. I love that idea. And again, it's great. I wish That's... you all the best. Oh, thanks. 
Yeah, we've got uh, Distortions Unlimited and, and Greeley. So yeah, they're doing all the animatronics. Uh, I, I grew awesome. up around them. So yeah, it was yeah, so much that's fun. True. Greeley, yeah. how far is Greeley from you guys? Uh, it's an hour north. Yeah, just uh, 50 miles. Hmm. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you want, when you're out here, well, we'll take you up there. Uh, I think Ed and Marsha might might stop by uh, for the con. They're one of our sponsors. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be fun. We, we can't wait to have you out, Kirk. I'm excited. I have a bunch of friends that live in and around the uh, Denver area. So I, I, as you know, coming out a couple days early to hang and see some pals and, you know, sample the local beer. Uh, yeah, lots of beer. And, uh, so it's, much beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, beer and, beer and marijuana you guys are known for. Um, I uh, It's funny you talked about haunted mansions. My whole start was making haunted mansions at my house with my friends for Halloween. Not haunted mansions, but haunts, but literally just my front porch. And I dress up and we do little scenarios. I just was a huge Halloween yeah. fan. So it, it is funny yeah. like that and Ray Harryhausen movies. Oh, yeah. Both kind of, and, and Disneyland. Those three things kind of inspired me. The other thing that's interesting, I don't know if you talk about this much, but the comedy and yep. horror are basically yes. the same thing. Yes. As a writer and a director, it's like you build up and it's either a laugh or a scare, but mm -hmm. structurally they're almost the same. And like things like Evil Dead kind of, you know, walk... Yep. walk that line uh, there's a lot of and you know there's a lot of just straight horror and and um but i would say that's where my heart lives and that sort of mix and you know muppets obviously haunted mansion is that i mean that was more comedy than horror but that kind of again evil dead that sort of slightly campy or ridiculous like your idea you know your your yep. uh, baked things uh it's fun but it can still be scary i mean charles band movies ghoulies yeah you know all, all that stuff uh i love that and and uh horror is an interesting genre for films because it does get more you get more original ideas in horror than mm -hmm. i think any other if you're going to go pitch an idea and it's a horror thing and you can do it for under three million bucks it'll probably get made because they know they'll yeah. make their money back and it is yeah. interesting why that that is as opposed to i have a, a comedy with creatures in it or something like oh, comedies are a tough sell right now and I don't know if anyone makes comedy movies anymore. I mean, if they do, it's either because there's some huge actor attached. Um, right. But horror just cranks on, man. I mean, they just keep making. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. I think uh, horror is like one of those uh, yeah, platforms where you can really um, it's incredibly accessible. Like yeah. it, that, that's something that even if it comes out now and it's not even a good film, and it goes, right. you know, lives on streaming or what, you know, whatever capacity right. it exists in. In 10, 15 years, it'll have an audience. It'll find some way right. to exist. It just well, builds itself. And there's something about the, uh, what's the word I used to use about, about Muppet movies in particular? The, it's an event. Like yeah. there's an outrageousness to it, whether it's comedy right. or or, right. you know, blood everywhere, uh, you know, Tom Savini kind of stuff where you just it something about the circus level of like, you're not going to see that yeah. in a Shakespeare play. You're not yeah. going to see that yeah. in a yeah. drama. You're not going to see it in a, a Chris Nolan movie. Right. Um, and, and there's something about kind of playing to the, uh, you know, playing to the cheap seats. Like people love it because it's just fun and it's disposable. It 
You know, it's mm. like, this is fun. I laughed. I, I jumped. I thought it was crazy, you know, when the eyeballs yeah. flew out and, and, you know, went up the guys, know, or, you know, the, the evil dead yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's like, how can we top that? I, I love that, again, particularly about horror. There's It's a really wide playing field, right. you know, from all the really scary stuff that they're doing now. Uh, and they've always done, you know, back in The Exorcist or whatever, mm -hmm. to, you know, psychological horror, to just completely bananas, yeah. uh, over-the-top, brain-eating zombie stuff. Yep. No, oh, it's, 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 it's all, you know, absolute fun and gold. Um, but you know, it's, yeah, like the, the movies that you see like winning awards these days, I mean, great films, yeah. but you know, after the award season next year, you don't hear anybody talking about them, Yeah. but there's, they're still talking about the latest evil dead movie or, you know, yeah. the Winnie the Pooh movie yeah which God. is kind of a an event that's the weird thing. new trend of like oh it's you know the the, the banana splits movie winnie the pooh the yeah the copyright free stuff five yeah. nights at freddy's uh yeah i'm amazed no one has done an alice in wonderland horror film or wizard of oz horror movie because probably because there's a lot of money to spend usually horror doesn't have those kind of budgets where you're building right. that whole world uh something about that particularly with muppet's haunted mansion we were talking about um yeah building your backgrounds and again it helped with the muppets you can kind of go stylized but doing it on the computer saved a ton of money I and mean, there's no way we could have built the haunted mansion right you know as sets so and what unreal engine which is what we use which seems to be the, the go-to mm -hmm. uh does really well as kind of bland boring background you know you want to rotten you can go online on unreal uh, uh marketplace and buy a haunted house like they literally oh, okay. have haunted house textures and everything so oh wow know, I, I i've even talked about just even doing a trailer to sell the idea just kind of shooting your actress on green screen doing yeah. it you know and having a couple makeup effects and that's the other thing that's fun is is kind of the youtube universe where you can you know if you can make it they'll they'll you can show it um, there's an audience there yeah kickstarter too yeah it's 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 that's kind of where the creativity is now with people who are just gonna yeah. go screw it i mean you know, uh, Onyx, the fortuitous, that's kind of a yeah. single guy's vision. Very, yeah, very much so. Should be uh, in theaters. Uh, they, they got a distribution deal. Should be in theaters uh, later this fall. Buy your popcorn now. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, definitely go support, uh, you know, uh, innovative, uh, creative in indie art. I mean, it's it's the punk rock scene. It's the right. Well, yeah, well. Do you, do you guys do you guys have a uh, an Alamo draft house in Denver. Oh, we have several. Oh, okay. I figured you, yeah. I thought you did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're the kind of place that really, you know, where, where yep. fans of this kind of stuff go. And, uh, yeah, obviously oh, yeah, punk so. rock. Yeah. Punk rock most, movie making. Most definitely. Uh, Kirk, uh, I, I want to say, you know, thank you for being so generous with your time and, and talking sure. about, you know, all your amazing art and all the, all mm. the, fun things cool things that you've you, you've done to enrich you know my childhood and and my adulthood i'm, I'm still I've enriched it or I, I i deformed your your minds well that's the best thing for us even <laughs> if we don't know it <laughs> but no, uh thanks. yeah it, it's been great yeah being able to to chat with you and learn more Thank about you. all the cool things that you do um and, and for everybody uh, out there, thanks for tuning in. And of course, you know, remember, Kirk's going to be out. Kirk's going to be out here. Um, yeah. September about, uh, 15th through the 17th. About uh, a month, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Colorado Festival of Horror. 
make sure to go uh, to our website to cofestivalofhorror.com to get your tickets and uh, to meet this amazing, talented you can, guy. You can multifaceted. Touch, touch my beard and smell me, which is yeah. a huge, huge thing that people say <laughs> I smell. I smell unlike an, anyone else. Uh, uh, well, you know, speaking of horror com com compared to me, you're going to smell amazing. No, I actually haven't been to Denver in years. I, we went there a few times as a kid and, uh, last time I was there, I was in Boulder on a job. Oh, cool. Uh, a, a video game thing. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. And again, I have good friends who live there. So I'm hanging with them, but, uh, yeah, I'll be signing your stuff, my stuff. I assume I'm giving a talk or two about whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, cool. Uh, Kurt, uh, stay, stay around for a little bit. Oh, and uh, there's Elise. My girlfriend chimed in. Say, Thanks, say, Elise. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yes, stick around for a minute while we sign off. But uh, no. again, thanks so much, sir. Sure. Thank you. This was fun. Oh, appreciate it. Uh, and to everybody that tuned in, uh, thanks so much, guys. And of course, uh, to our sponsors, uh, to Mutiny Information Cafe. If you're going to start a revolution, make sure you're caffeinated. And uh, to Hellfire Entertainment, thanks so much for rebroadcasting us on your social media, Groovy TV. And of course, uh, to Alien Donut Films and uh, Angela Joseph Productions, to Bill and Angela over there, respectively. Thanks so much, guys. To my producers, uh, Lily Fisher and Amanda Armstrong and Stephen Samakris. Thanks for putting up with me. And uh, to everybody out there, have a good night. Be good, be kind, help each other out, and stay spooky, my friends. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>